Today is November 13th, and it's been over a week since the election. This past weekend, all major news media outlets declared that Joe Biden was the projected president-elect on Saturday morning, November 7th, setting Kamala Harris up to be the first black woman to ever be vice president. While I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last. Celebrations erupted across the nation on Saturday. In cities like New York, witnessed scenes of streets covered in happy voters popping champagne, honking their cars, and shouting with excitement. Welcome to The Graph. I'm Ivy Moore. And I'm Lindsay Sullivan. President Trump has not yet conceded the White House, and many Republicans are backing him as his administration seeks to challenge the election results by turning to the legal system. Millions and millions of people voted for us tonight, and uh, a very sad group of people is trying to disenfranchise that group of people, and we won't stand for it. We will not stand for it. This past week and a half has been a whirlwind for America, but what has it been like for journalists? Lindsay and I were curious about what news looks like behind the headlines, and more specifically, what it looks like to be a student journalist during the 2020 election. We spoke with Pepperdine Graphic media reporters Ashley Malreader, Brianna Willis, McKenna Huey, and PGM director Elizabeth Smith. They shared their struggles and triumphs with us as they reported on the election and continue to do so. Smith found it interesting to watch how different news outlets made their calls for states. AP was calling him faster than the New York Times and the Washington Post and, you know, a bunch of other news organizations were. And so it opened up a really good conversation about, like, why would AP make this call versus maybe why would the Washington Post site um, be more hesitant, right? And it opened up great. I mean, the first um, election I covered was the 2000 election election. Bush-Gore race, which went to the Supreme Court. And it opened up really good conversations about like how that, the the questions of legitimacy um, were very different, right? That was like, we don't know what this actual ballot, we don't know if this should be counted for Bush-Gore. Whereas this one was, we don't know if these ballots that came in, um, you know, you had one side contesting whether or not they should be counted. Ashley said it became difficult for the graphic to discern which state results to publish and when. We saw AP call Arizona on election night, but Arizona wasn't called by other sites until maybe Friday or Saturday. So different things like that, like you really had to be careful about what decisions we were going to publish online because there were so many different variables and variances between sites, whereas normally it'd be a bit more standardized. On the morning of November 7th, when Joe Biden was announced the president-elect, managing editor McKenna Huey and reporters Brianna Willis and Ashley Malreader all shared the same sentiment, that they weren't prepared for the big news. And oftentimes, news never comes at a good time. I think it was CNN that called that Biden won Pennsylvania first. And Brie, like, had just woken up. She was leaving the house in the rain to get her hair done, I think. I was, like, super out of it because I was reading something. And I called her, and I was like, she texted in the group chat. She's like, 
I won, like CNN called it. And I was like, wait, what? Like I called her and she was the first person who told me. And we were like screaming and it was just crazy to see like how that could switch. And Brie was like, breaking news always happens when you're not ready. This is my future. You know, I could be on my way to do something, but then news happens and like everything stops. Yeah, I know. Like as an individual, I woke up Saturday morning with 88 unread texts about the election, about borderline, about everything going on. Like Saturday from the get-go is overwhelming. For every election, national political conditions affect the results and usually act in favor of one side or another. I asked Elizabeth and Brianna their thoughts on how much of the election was a direct result of the events of 2020. You know, the thing that I, I, I want to be clear is there are a lot of people who were working really hard well before 2020, you know. And so um, one of the things I think we have to be careful about is to say that, you know, Joe Biden only won or Donald Trump only lost because this year has been so devastating on so many levels because there have been groups and coalitions and individuals who have been literally working since Inauguration Day 2017. Um, I think people are motivated uh, and actually on every side, people are, were really motivated to exercise their right to vote, to be heard. Um, but I think certainly this idea of, you know, a lot has happened this year and because we've all been home or a lot of us have been home, um, and we've been watching everything that's been going on. I think people are, were very aware of the responsibilities of voting. The events of like this year and the past couple of years definitely influenced the election and just like the work that went into the election um, because we did have a lot of people like pushing for mail-in ballots and like just I think every time there's an election season although this is our first time voting like there's always this like push to vote in general like make sure you're registered to vote and everything um, but I think I think it was really the racial injustice that happened this summer um, and like seeing a lack of response from the current administration and some people around the world made other people realize like we need to change and we need to change now. And I think that that's something that like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris ran off of is like that energy. And like, like Joe Biden said multiple times, you know, like I want to unify the country. Uh, and I think that the events this summer really show that there's a division. Although election day is behind us and Americans have already cast their ballots, many, including those in the Trump administration and his supporters, declare the race is not over. As we move forward with one projected president-elect and the current president who refuses to concede, news should be consumed with caution. It's just going to be about keeping our eyes open and not being swayed by one headline or the next, I think it's important to make sure that we're telling the whole story every time we look at an issue instead of just being like this singular event, because now it is going to be more of a ripple effect. It's cause and effect, and we can sort of see the implications of that happening. I think people were really excited on Sunday, as they should be, uh, or Saturday morning when the election was called, because, you know, either uh, you the person you voted for won or the person you didn't want to get in didn't, or Whatever your reaction was, I think that was a valid reaction, but also it's still not done. And so it's like, how can we keep looking forward to see 
what the next step is going to be and how we can be informed voters, not only on election day, but in all steps moving forward. News media and journalism are often criticized, yet Ashley says that consumers are the ones who decide what they want to read, whether that be for better or for worse. As an individual, I really hate the phrase like the media. I know that's thrown around a lot, especially nowadays, like the corrupt media or the news media wants you to believe something um, because I think that takes a lot of the responsibility away from the reader. When at the end of the day, media is consumed by individuals, right? Um, Just in the same way that at its core, our government should be representative of the individuals. I think our news media should be representative of the things that people want to hear. And so I think the biggest threat to the industry is just a lack of one, responsibility by consumers and by readers, and two, a lack of care for the issues that matter close to home. I think one of the best ways to save, you know, the idea of American journalism or newspapers, like we were saying, like picking up newspapers off the front porch and reading the headlines and knowing your local news, that's not an experience people have anymore. But I think we still need that local community news because once we start caring about those issues that hit us close to home, we'll start looking for more of those and telling those stories and needing those stories. And I think we live in such a global world right now with everything being digital. You can care about issues all across the world and that our news cycle becomes so focused on these bigger global issues. The more people choose to invest in local news, the more that they'll get reliable news because like, I don't know, when people say like the media, I'm like, I'm the media, right? Like I'm the little like journalist at home on my computer, like typing away your little articles to read in your inbox. And yet I'm not the corrupt ones. I'm not the ones that you're actually mad at. You're mad that these big news organizations aren't focusing on the things that matter. They're focusing on bigger issues that don't affect you. And they're all taking their different spin on it because people are only clicking headlines on Twitter and not actually reading the articles. And so I think, yeah care about your local issues, fund your local newspapers, respect journalists who are reporting on your local news. And then the other thing is be aware of the media you're consuming. If you're only clicking on headlines that are about the Kardashians, we're tracking that information and we know that you only want to read about the Kardashians. Some journalists have expressed that they feel it's impossible to remain completely objective under an administration that seems to consistently be attacking them. While this is true of many public officials, some journalists feel that the opposition under Trump has been intensified. The journalists at Pepperdine Graphic Media share their sentiments on what a possible transition of power can mean for them and other journalists who share their concerns. Here's Elizabeth Smith and Brianna Willis. I think it could have been really hard for journalists um, to at all remain unbiased in an election when the, you know, the president has been so, um, he has targeted journalists in such a dangerous way. I'm very grateful that, you know, uh, Joe Biden is the president elect and that I will go into, you know, the real world with him. Um, But I think that overall, like, despite, you know, even if it was still, you know, President Trump, I think I've just learned to like, 
just be a journalist no matter what. Um, just kind of like what we're learning, what we've learned the past four years in all of our journalism classes. It's just to, you know, cover it and try and cover it like nonpartisan, like non-biased, um, and just be the journalist that you're supposed to be and report the news and report the facts despite who it is. And so um, I think that's something that I'm going to strive to do, you know, post-graduation. Uh, but I do think that it'll be easier to do with the Biden administration. I think personally for me, just like, you know, as a, as a student, like it was so refreshing to see the speeches on Saturday, even on Friday before, you know, they were elected uh, for the next administration. It was just refreshing to hear a president call for unity um, and to be excited about what's next and to be ready to work. Let us be the nation that we know we can be, a nation united, a nation strengthened, a nation healed. The United States of America, ladies and gentlemen, there's never, never been anything we've tried we've not been able to do. Um, I didn't realize until that happened how much we needed and missed it. Just because, like, I feel like the last thing I remember is just like, of course, Barack Obama and all of his great speeches where, you know, every time he had something good to say. And like Friday, I was just like, whoa, this is very different than what we've been seeing. And I just was, I just started crying. And it is now my great honor to introduce the president-elect of the United States of America, Joe Biden. Thanks for listening to The Graph. We want to know what you think. Tweet us your thoughts at pepgraphic or send us an email at graphic at pepperdine.edu.